The War of the Worlds, Chapter 3. First, we will go over some vocabulary. So, I could run no more means I was very tired. Lay still means went to sleep because when you're asleep, you lay still. I walked like a drunk man. So that means the person walked really slowly and stumbled. What's the news? That's another way to say, what is happening? Seem all silly about something. That means acting strangely. Those people are acting strangely. Get the words out means speak. Her face was white with fear. That means she looked very afraid. And cheered me more than. That means made me feel better. If you cheer someone up, you make them feel better. Um, cheered me more than. So made me feel better, but did not help is another meaning, depending on the sentence. Okay, and then for before you move on to chapter four, I want you to think about some of the details. So why did the narrator, that's the person telling the story, why did the narrator think the Martians couldn't hurt people? Why did he think that the Martians could not hurt people? And then I want you to go to pages 23 and 24 and ask yourself, what can you tell about the narrator's wife based on what you read there? And then looking ahead for chapter four, if you go to pages 25 through 28, you'll see who comes to fight the Martians. So that is some of the vocabulary you need to know for chapter three, some things to think about after you have read chapter three, and something to look forward to in chapter four. Next, we will be reading chapter three. The War of the Worlds by H.G. Wells, Chapter 3. The narrator walks through the town, and people laugh at his story about the Martians. His wife believes him, and she is scared. I kept on running until I could run no more. I fell and lay still at the side of the road. When I awoke, I was confused. How did I get there? Where was my hat? My collar? Then I remembered the pit, the thing with its deadly beam, my terror. I started to walk, but I felt weak. I walked like a drunk man. Life around me seemed normal. I passed workmen, women with baskets, children. A train rushed by. I was amazed. I had just come from such horror and now it was gone. How could that be? I stopped to talk to a group of people. What's the news? I asked. People seem all silly about something, said a woman. What's it all about? Haven't you heard of the monsters from Mars? Said I. Quite enough, thanks, she said. All the people laughed. I felt foolish and angry. I tried to tell them what I had seen, but I could not get the words out. They laughed again. You will hear more yet, I said. 
I shook my head sadly and went home. My wife was shocked by how I looked and scared by what I told her. Her face was white with fear. They may come here, she kept saying. They are very slow, I said. They may kill those who come near them, but they are too weak to get out of the pit. Saying this cheered me more than my wife. She was still worried. On Earth, gravity is three times as strong as on Mars, I explained. Poor Ogilvy told me so. The Martians weigh three times as much on Earth as they do on Mars. They can hardly move. They can't hurt us. Don't worry. The newspapers said the same, but we did not think of two other factors or facts. Earth has much more oxygen than Mars. The extra oxygen would make up for the stronger pull of gravity. And the Martians had machines to do their work. Machines that could move very well. The War of the Worlds, Chapter 4. Soldiers come home to fight the Martians. They cannot stop the Martians' machines. The narrator and his wife leave their home for safety. Chapter 4. The Martians came out of the cylinder on a Friday evening. That night, most people acted as if Mars were not even in the sky. They worked, ate, and went to bed. Trains stopped and went on as always. Only near the pit were things strange. A few houses were still burning. The people in nearby houses kept lights on all night. They did not sleep. Hammering came from across the pit all night long. And now and then, a puff of green smoke rose into the sky. The cylinder was like a poisoned dart stuck into the earth, but the poison was just beginning to work. At about 11 o'clock, soldiers started arriving in Woking. The military knew the situation was serious. At midnight, some people saw a green star fall, the second cylinder. On Saturday, I got up early. I had not slept well. The milkman came as always. He said that soldiers now circled the pit. The soldiers have orders. They may not destroy the Martians, he said, not unless the Martians attack first. The man next door was in his garden. He gave me some berries. Another one of those spaceship things fell last night, he said. The pine woods around it are still on fire. One cylinder would have been enough. Those Martians will cost a lot of money, he said, laughing. But then he grew serious. Poor Ogilvy. After breakfast, I walked toward the pit. I saw some soldiers on the way and talked with them. None of them had seen the Martians, so I described the heat ray to them. They began to argue about how to fight the Martians. Crawl up to them undercover, said one, then rush them. No, said another. You can't hide from this heat ray thing. It will cook you. You have to dig a hole to be safe. You and your holes, said a third. You sound like a rabbit. Another soldier asked me to describe the Martians. I did. Octopuses, said he. That is what they are. We are fighting against fish this time. They talked on as I left them, but I could not get near the pit that day. Soldiers were all around. 
So I went home and took a cool bath. The day was very hot. The newspaper said the Martians stayed in the pit all day. They kept hammering. They were getting ready for a fight. Another man had tried to signal them. He had a flag on a long pole. The Martians ignored it, just as we would ignore the moo of a cow. At about three o'clock, I heard the thud of a gunshot, and then more thuds. Soldiers were shooting at the second cylinder. They hoped to destroy it before it opened. At last, a big field cannon arrived. The soldiers were sure it would do the job. My wife and I were having tea. We heard a blast that came from the pit nearby. Then we heard a great crash very close to us. It shook the ground. The college next door was tumbling down. The treetops burst into flame. One of our chimneys cracked. Broken pieces of it fell into our flower bed. My wife and I stood amazed. Then it came to me. The college no longer blocked our house. The heat ray could hit us now. I grabbed my wife's arm. We can't stay here, I said. But where are we to go? asked my wife. And then she answered her own question. To my cousins in Leatherhead. I looked down the hill. People were coming out of their houses, scared. Soon they would all be leaving Woking. Most of them would take the other road. I was sure the road to Leatherhead would be less crowded. Stay here, I said to my wife. You are safe for a time. I rushed to the spotted dog inn. The landlord had a horse and cart. I rented it for two times what he asked. I said I would have it back by midnight. What's going on, he asked. I told him that I had to leave my house, and that was true. My wife watched the horse and cart. I ran into our house. I threw our silver and a few other things into a tablecloth. The trees below the house were burning. I worked as fast as I could. Just then, a soldier came running up. He was going from house to house. He was warning people to get out fast. My wife and I were soon on our way. The road ahead looked clear and peaceful. Behind us was red fire and thick black smoke. The road was dotted with people running. The Martians must be setting fire to everything their heat ray can reach, I said. I made sure the horse moved very fast.